Welcome to Poltergeist and Pixie Dust, the scary movie survival podcast with a happily ever after twist, where a logical thinker and a whimsical dreamer help you survive scary movies without losing any sleep. logical thinker and i'm kelly your resident whimsical dreamer hogan hello and now our emotional support pop has joined us this week we are watching the 2002 film the ring and according to imdb a journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it which is pretty much exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, do we want to do our questions first? Oh, All of that. Yeah, like, should I like we start that. with that and then take a yeah. look at the rest? Okay. Okay, Nightmare Fuel on this one. One to five. Uh, yeah, five. Yeah, it's like a five and a half, maybe this- a seven. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I walked Hogan outside right after this one and... Um, I got on the phone and called somebody. I was scared. Stop I it. I was out for about three minutes. All she had to do was pee. Who I, did you call? It doesn't matter. It just, I, was like, I can't. I, I, it was a scary movie for me. And the idea of walking around in the dark and turning around and seeing the, the creepy girl with the long hair and just, I was not, it's not okay. okay. So this is going to be a rough one for me for sleeping. Yeah, this was scary. I mean, I didn't scream. I screamed. I screamed a few times. <laughs> but there were some jump scares that got me. I, I I just thought it was really well done. I legitimately screamed. Yeah, no, I was here. I, it was yeah. <laughs> so uh, for the logical side, um, terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Because I'm, it's this could happen in my eyes. The, no, I swear. Like they presented it so realistically. Realistically, yeah. So where would yeah. you put this uh, for avoidability? Not. I mean, avoidability. If you don't watch the film, like if you, if you don't watch the tape. You're okay. Right. So that's it. You have to just not watch the tape. And it's, it starts as like an urban legend. And we'll get into that. But like, it's an urban legend concept that people are talking about. If you watch this tape, you have seven days and then you die. And you get a call right away saying you're going to die. You get a call at the end and, and you die in horrific ways. Um, don't watch the tape. Right. So like, I could see the kids at the beginning watching it because... When you're in high school and you, you hear about shit. an urban legend like that, you you test it because you're in high school and you're invincible, you know? Yeah, we've done the Bloody Mary thing in the mirror as... Yeah. I think this is more of a girl's thing, though. I don't know if... Oh. If, <laughs> like, I'm not sure if high school boys really, like... Are doing Bloody Mary right. in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually not sure if high school kids at all now are doing stuff like that. But when we were younger, middle we school... We didn't have the internet. <laughs> yes, we did not have the internet. There were no cell phones. We had to make our own fun. It's, you had to walk to a video store. I mean, it just... We, oh, video, huh? I know. We were mm-hmm. limited. So... Yeah. Yeah, so avoidability, just just don't watch the tape. Right, so I can see, like, it maybe not being avoidable for the kids because they're dumb, they don't know any better. But when Rachel's niece literally dies mm-hmm. after watching this tape, why would she watch it? And then she pieced together that three or four other kids have died the same day, the same time, mm-hmm. because they all watched it together. 
And then she brings it to someone else to watch. Yeah. And, and she holds on to a copy in her house with a very inquisitive child in the house. Yeah. I feel like that was completely avoidable. <laughs> it, it was absolutely avoidable. Once you've watched the film. Oh, yeah. No, you're sure. Exactly. That's where my initial thought was like, oh, no, it's not avoidable. Once you watch it, you have seven days. Right. Don't watch it. And, and then you're good. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, all right. So we've got Nightmare mm-hmm. Fuel. We've got Avoidability. Would you recommend it? Oh, to horror movie buffs. I would. I would, too. I'm going to give that a five for recommendability. <laughs> But not just horror. I mean, yes, definitely. I agree with that. For horror movie buffs, I do think it was phenomenal. For non-horror movie buffs, I also think it was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I just thought that the plot line, the the way that they presented mm-hmm. everything, it was just, it was like reading a murder mystery to me. Yeah. It really, it went into the past. It went into, I mean, it really delved into a lot of pieces that, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I agree. And... Would you survive this film? I'm Kelly, and I don't think I would have survived the ring. Yeah, I'm Laura. I would have died. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, I'm not even sure I'm going to survive the ring. <laughs> so, so let's break it down. Let's let's talk about it. The very beginning of this movie, we meet Katie and Becca. Yes, the teenagers who mm-hmm. introduce us to the urban legend. Yep, uh, and the horror that immediately unfolds. Yeah, but it was a good introduction the way they did it because these are not going to be the main characters through the whole film. Right, don't get attached. Right, <laughs> especially to one of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're they play off each other well. I thought one of them's introducing the whole thing of the film. The other one is talking about, oh, I've seen it, but then she's faking it, but then she's really not. Right, and so I thought they did that little twist really well. Yeah, but there's so many things in that opening. That I was like, mm, what are we doing here, guys? Uh, you know, the she sees the whatever that is in the TV screen. The fridge is opening by itself. The TV's turning on by itself. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm calling for somebody. I'm leaving the house. Yeah. I'm and not sticking around to see what happens here. I'm not, as all of this is happening, it's all happening with just Katie in the frame. Mm-hmm. And Katie's the one who watched the movie seven days ago. This is her time's up kind of thing. And you're watching it unfold with her as right. she's seeing it, as she's getting scared, the tension's building. Where the fuck was Becca? Yeah, she was like, hey, find out where your mom's Vicodin is. And then she just goes upstairs and disappears. Right. Next time we see her, she's in an asylum. Right. Because she's coping with whatever's or not coping with whatever's going on. Right. But where was she when this stuff was happening? Why didn't Katie call for her? Why didn't she come help her? What? Well, she did go to the bottom of the stairs and say, Becca, can you hear me? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> but even then, she goes all the way upstairs. She's in the hallway. Where is Becca? Where'd this other the water go? coming out. From under the door, from presumably her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where Becca would be? I, well, or wherever she went and disappeared, I have no idea. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, so I, I wasn't quite sure on that that gap there. Um, you know, they talk about a conspiracy theory at the beginning, and that's the idea of, of the television and the mm-hmm. waves and all these kind of things. And that's what they're talking about before they even introduce the tape. That's kind of how they segue into it right right um but it brings up that idea of like a conspiracy theory and who's going to believe things and who's not and Mm -hmm. who can you confide in that's actually going to make a difference um 
but also they really played off that idea of like the normalcy, the things in your house kind of turning against oh, you. Yeah. So like with the static going on in the TV, TV's turning on, fridge is opening, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, even just water being where water shouldn't be. Right. And you see that throughout the whole, you know, that's kind of a a very big play with the water. It's raining in most scenes. Yep. It's very dark and damp and dreary. And then there's actual water coming like under doors and yeah. how people are dying and certain yeah. things. They all and then the you know, obviously the well as we get to that mm-hmm. towards the end. But water is a big yeah. component of the whole film from the start. It's like another character. It it really is. Um, and I kind of wish it was a character in place of whatever is in the reflections because <laughs> I don't do mirrors. Can't handle it. I can't handle mirrors. Any reflective surface, let's they, be honest. And, and they used to them all. Yeah. I wrote that down. I'm like, oh my God, the TV has mirrors and it has a creepy reflection. And she's walking and she sees water in the hallway and her reflection coming through. <laughs> There's actual mirrors in a lot of it. And it just, no, this I think was where I screamed. Was <laughs> the TV and the first reflection. And, and that was the first time I screamed. Yeah. And they did the, like her face transformed at the end. So you yeah. see her like as she's dying, really, like you're seeing in that moment, her going from alive to dead, but you're seeing, you know, her transformation is not, uh, normal. Right. Um, so she's got a really scary look to her face right. and we see that repeated later on yep. with other deaths in the yep. film. And so that was, that was very creepy. And it's, it's almost like, because they do explain later how the girl Samara, who, who becomes obviously a main character, I don't want to call her a villain necessarily. We'll, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. Okay. Um, but this character, Samara, yeah. uh, drowns later in the film. Right. And so the way that each of these characters look is almost like they were submerged in yeah. water. Yeah. Uh, so even though they're they're not, but there's always water there when they die. Yep. And they look like they drowned, but they're, you know, on the second floor of a house. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting way to prelude that because we don't know who Samara is yet at that point in the film. We don't know how she dies. We don't know mm-hmm. why water is important. And why the 16-year-old who apparently had a heart attack or heart stopped looks like she drowned. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting way that they they really start to bring that into the film. I thought it was, uh, again, a, yeah, a really amazing well way. <laughs> yes. yes. I agree. The uh, thing about water, um, when I was studying film in college, um, <laughs> they always used to say water in film symbolizes change. So I thought it was really interesting how... They played water in this movie, you know, it's almost like um, in the Godfather movies, like whenever you see oranges, somebody's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So like it started to get like that, like, you know, when you start seeing water where it shouldn't be, it's like, ah, uh, somebody's about to kick it. You know, exactly. It's like that's that's death coming in the door pretty right. much. In this right. Case. But it it did play in with like rain and dreariness throughout yep. it, too, which I know usually symbolizes change in some way mm-hmm. in a film. But in this case, it was almost constantly happening. Oh, yeah. And so, and they were, you know, taking ferries and they were physically on water and going right. to islands. And so it, it water was an absolute, like, constant throughout it. Yeah. Um, but I agree. When water was where it shouldn't be, you were in your last seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the main main character becomes Rachel, who is the aunt of Katie, who Katie. dies at the Correct. beginning. Um so Rachel's played by Naomi Watts. And she has a son, Aiden. 
Okay. Who is creepy as fuck. Yeah, let's talk about Eden for a minute. Because when we meet him, he's a creepy fucking kid. Right from the start. Creepy fucking kid with his creepy fucking art. I don't like it. He drew pictures of Katie, who's his cousin, deceased days prior to her dying. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently she had told him that she didn't have enough time as though she knew she was going to die. Right. And so there were, you know, the premonition pieces and this kid drawing, which comes into play later again with Samara and her images, even though she wasn't drawing them, she was projecting them and they were being created. Right. And she was saying, you know, no, I just, I picture them and then they just are. They're just, yeah. So, and here you have, you know, two children and the artwork that they have is, is, uh, Equally creepy. I Terrifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um, and neither one of them comes off as like a nice, friendly, relatable child. Right. Um, they both kind of come off as kind of creepy adults in a child's body. Almost. <laughs> like I, I was, my first thought was like, he was, you know, like an, an 85 year old in right, a right, nine right. year old's body. Uh, he refers to his mom by her first name. Yeah, that's He's, super weird. Yeah, tying his own tie. I mean, didn't care for that. Everything he's he's like he's laying out her clothes. Yeah, she's all disorganized and everywhere, and he is like perfectly on top of everything. So that it did set a tone of of just oddness in their relationship. Yeah, and like you know, when even in the very beginning when we meet them, and the teacher wants to talk to Aiden's mom about some things that she's been noticing, um, just general life hack if your child's teacher pulls you aside to tell you your child's creepy as fuck maybe listen to them it could help i mean mm-hmm. that would have ended the movie sooner <laughs> um <laughs> and and the kid as soon as she shows up she's obviously late to pick him up he's the last kid there yep. and and he's just you know looks at her and says i'll i'll wait in the car i'll be in the car yeah and walks away and, and i'm like that's what a parent says, not yeah. a child. Yeah. So he certainly takes on the parental role there. Absolutely. Um, and that scene that you were just talking about, though, when he's tying his own tie, mm-hmm. like getting ready for Katie's services and whatnot. At that point, I was like, wait, is he super creepy or is he kind of cute? Super creepy. No. Yeah. No, I didn't get cute from this kid at all. There were no cute vibes. This he's was... like a tiny little businessman. No. No, he's not young Sheldon. He is fucking creepy. He's like, what's the one with the doll? The this the horror movie where it's a doll? Chucky? No. <laughs> no, it's like a doll that looks like this kid. That's what I kept thinking of. I have to find the name of that movie. Yeah. Um, but he's like a porcelain doll in a house and they're like coming to oh. That should go on our list. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, he, he definitely, uh, he looked like a, a doll. I did write down creepy doll here for one point. Um, sound was another thing. I know we talked about water. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned like the normalcy, which is even kind of, to me, freakier that you can be in your own home and your own stuff. And that should be your familiar, comfortable place, your safe mm-hmm. place. And here it's your safe place sort of turning against you. And right. it's not just technology, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's water, it's other pieces there as well. The piece that got me too was sound. 
almost like sound was another character with yeah. the static that was going on with the sound of the water. The yep. though it wasn't just you know voices, but no. it was all the background noise yeah. that they presented. Every sound effect was so intentional mm-hmm. um, and really like put you in that headspace of like just being terrified. Yeah, <laughs> from beginning to end, I was on edge for a lot of it. Yeah, and. Uh, so, yeah, the, the sound, the phone ringing, that was a big one. <laughs> the phones ring because they tell you as you know, that's part of the urban legend is that you're going to watch the movie, get a phone call telling you you have seven days. You will die in seven days. Mm-hmm. That's what the recording is on the phone or the, the voice on the phone. I don't know if it's a recording, but so but an actual phone rings. It's landlines for all of this. Mm-hmm. It's 2002. Uh, every house in that film had a landline. Yeah. Um, but the loud ringing of the phone was right. startling each time. Right. And you knew that it was a bad omen. Yep. Um, but yeah, between that, the static, the sound of water, it was, there was a lot of that to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that absolutely set the tone for my, for me. Mm. Becca being committed. This is what we found out at the services for Katie. Yeah. Cause, um, Katie's mom is yep. Rachel's sister. Correct. Which is the relationship between these Katie's mom asks Rachel, who is a journalist by trade, if she could please investigate Katie's death because she doesn't think this is a normal death. And she saw what her daughter's face looked like, which was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a 16-year-old, she doesn't know why her 16-year-old daughter's heart would have just stopped. Right. And she asked, None of the doctors can tell her or anything. Yeah. yeah. So she asked her sister, who's a journalist, and asks questions Did you get that she was a journalist right away? I did. Oh. I got she was a journalist from before we even saw her. Because she was yelling at her boss on her phone, saying, I'm going to do this. And she called him a, uh, a great oh, name, right, whatever. Right, 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 right. Otherwise, she was going to shove that little red pencil you love using. Oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. I got the impression that she was a reporter, a journalist, something mm-hmm. along those lines um, pretty early. I will also say I have seen the movie. Oh, before. right, right. <laughs> so I didn't remember most of it. I didn't remember Katie, Becca. Like all of, <laughs> a lot of it was a, a big refresher for me. But I picked up on it right away, but I don't know if I picked up on it right away the first time I saw it. Yeah, so I I did hear her yelling at somebody on the phone. I guess I didn't connect um, what exactly she was saying. So when the sister was like, you know, you ask questions for a living, I was like, what does that mean? Is she a cop? Is she a lawyer? <laughs> like, what do you mean she asks questions for a living? And then I was like, uh, right, 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 right. So she's a reporter. Got it. Uh, so Rachel sees these kids hanging out outside smoking cigarettes super stealthy by the way let me just go blend in with the kids like i don't know it was weird we get great cameo yeah from dave rakowski i don't know his real name (laughs) from gilmore girls oh Uh, my god that's what you pulled him from that was yes he's seth in the oc Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls right now. Okay, thank you. That is like an obscure reference to get him from that. I had no recollection he was in Gilmore Girls. Oh, my God. Peter no. Gowski. Oh, my God. He's, oh, yeah. He was What's Her Name's boyfriend. Lane's boyfriend. Until right now, I still didn't piece together who he was oh in that. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, no, he's a main character in the OC. And, That's and funny. Was, yeah, yeah, that was a great cameo. Um, and Amber Tamblyn played. Amber Tamblyn. Yeah. So they did have some, some nice teenage yep. references, especially for our group. I mean, this was 2002. So these are people that we were familiar with then as yeah. well. But it was kind of nice to see these little 
flashback, tiny cameos. They're they're in one scene and never appear again. Yeah, I was um, like, oh shoot, Dave Wigowski's here, and then you you never like you said you never see him again. I was no. like, we. <laughs> and you want to know why? He didn't watch the fucking movie. He lives. Yeah, and He's, he made that very clear. Yeah, I'm not watching it. Why would you watch it? And then she, she does anyways. Right. Because, well, she's not a teenager. And Avoidable. <laughs> she has. Yeah. Very. Uh, but this is the scene where we find out that Becca, who was Katie's best friend, who was with her at the beginning when mm-hmm. Katie died. We find out that Becca's been committed. I mean, wouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to go to a psychiatric facility. I don't, I don't know that it was really a choice. I mean, she's. If we're in high school and you found me in a closet like that. Mm-hmm. With that face, you would just go to school the next day? I didn't think those are my only two options. Okay. Like, go to school the next day or be committed. Are there other options on the table? Well, like, I don't know. Take I some think... time off. Maybe. Go into therapy that's not necessarily inpatient. inpatient. <laughs> um, move. Mm. Take my, you know, get my family and say, look, I didn't watch the movie. Let's get out of here. Right. Shit's going down. I don't need to be here for it. Interesting. And so Becca's been committed. Where's Becca's family? Where is Becca's family? <laughs> Becca's family is never introduced in the film. Oh, and yeah. she goes from looking like a completely normal teenager to, holy shit, a committed teenager with the, yeah. the scraggling hair. Super medicated. But who's also warning the woman, you will know what's going to ha- what happened to Katie. You'll know in four days because you're going to die because you've watched the movie. What, yeah. Who is this girl? Right. Because she went from urban legend, oh, Katie, you're scaring me and whatnot. Yep. To, oh, no, this is this is what's happening. And I know that you watched the movie and I know what day you watched it. And I know. What yeah, the, that was How creepy. did she know any of that? That was very creepy. So I, I didn't like that. Because she didn't say anything the no. whole time. And Rachel's like peppering her with questions. And all she says is like four days. <laughs> yeah. She's like, but you will know what happened to Katie. You're going to know in four days. Oh, not not good. Mm-mm, um, yeah. So and we also find out at the uh, services, this is where we find out that Katie's boyfriend, Josh, died the same night. And yep. there were a couple other kids, the other two friends that were there. And that's when Rachel starts delving into everything. And she finds out that all of the kids who watched the film together died on the same night at 10 p.m. in different ways. So, yeah, so she. um She's upstairs. She goes through Katie's room. She finds the um, the slip from the camera shop. Mm-hmm. She get her pictures back. Do you remember having to wait to get your pictures developed? I do. And I remember doing like the one hour photo sometimes when you got back from like a vacation or yep. a family thing or, you know, friends thing. Yep. And dropping them off and kind of like waiting an hour in the area so you can pick <laughs> them up and come home with them. Yeah. Um, so kids who might be listening to this, <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your pictures that you took, you didn't just look at them in your hand and say, oh, let me take another one. Right. If you it was bad, it's bad forever. <laughs> right. You can't recreate that moment. <laughs> and sometimes you'd get your pictures back and they'd be like developed weirdly. And you'd have, you know, more than one on one, this, like yeah, more yeah. Than one frame on the same picture or something was overdeveloped. Red eyes, just you permanently had red eyes. Yep. Yeah. Good so times. this this Good was a thing. <laughs> it's just a normal thing in two thousand two. Um, but this is where this is where honestly I thought the movie got even better because I thought the beginning was a like a fantastic introduction to the urban legend and yeah. to setting the tone and all of that. But then it turns into where my murder mystery brain and the logical pieces me 
I loved it because this kicks into overdrive. It seriously did because too many movies don't give you the backstory. They don't dig into things. They just take everything at face value, move forward, jump scares, and that's it. And in the last scene, they piece things together, kind of. This one didn't do that because she's an investigative reporter. She went feet first. She jumped head straight first. in. <laughs> head in. <laughs> so she she dives right in <laughs> and uh, and starts really going through the history. She starts looking at the day and time of death of each of these mm-hmm. kids. She goes and develops uh, her niece's photos and she starts going through. And when she yeah, gets a to clue. Yeah. yeah, she finds a photo in there of the kids who were together on that night watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, these pictures are from the day that they watch it and all of their faces are blurry. Yeah. And like it's distorted almost. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not missing. They're just, like you said, distorted. Yeah. But all four of them, the rest of the pictures in focus. Mm-hmm. And so it does give you a, a very creepy vibe to that piece. Yeah. Um, very supernatural. It is. But, yeah. and then she ropes in this guy. Oh no, she hasn't roped it. This is where she watches the movie. She hadn't watched the movie yet. Well, let me ask you this mm-hmm. as the logical one. Okay. I know that you always feel like your logical senses would save you. But in this case, her need to dig in and research puts her in this position she didn't have to watch the movie no no that's part of her research that's a suicide (laughs) she was told they watched the movie these people die she finds out that all of these kids died she goes then to the place where they were finds out yes they were there no they didn't pay the guy remembers them she's also creepy guy and why is he renting these cabins to children who never pay He's like, this happens all the time. And they're also, I mean, they're 16. How are you still in business? I'm not even sure how they got there. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's called Shelter Mountain Inn. Right. So she finds out all the kids died. They had been there. She has a photo, everything. So she takes herself to Shelter Mountain Inn, Mm -hmm. meets the creepy inn owner who cannot do card tricks, Mm -hmm. um, and finds that the tape is there. It's actually part of his video cassette collection that he lets people watch because they don't have great connection for TVs there. And he just, she just happens to pick this one. The one that has no label that's like at an angle. She's like, oh, this must be the creepy. Yeah. Not quite sure on that one. What if she had taken it back to the room and it was like Dumbo? Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be like, this is it. I have one week. (laughs) I watched Dumbo. I'm done. (laughs) Um, She finds the tape and what does she do instead of just shredding it? Mm-hmm. At 5.13 p.m., she starts a tape. It yep. zooms in on the actual time to show you 5.13, she's watching right. the movie. The clock starts now. <laughs> yes. You know she's got seven days. At the end of it, she does get the seven days call. Yeah. Um, but we watched the film with her. So right. we're watching the tape as she's watching it. It has that static with the noise. You have the, mm-hmm. the visual and the sound effect. All this weird imagery throughout it. So you have mirrors, you have water, you have that box with the amputated fingers moving. Yes, there's bugs crawling. I didn't like that. No, no, I didn't like the nail going through the finger. Mm-mm. Um, there's, like, what yeah. would have happened if she had just turned it off? Like if she was like, oh, creepy, and then just stopped. I don't, I don't know. Would she have had less time? <laughs> Three and a half days? <laughs> I don't know. I, you have to watch the whole thing to be... To get this target on you? <laughs> well, her eyes also get weird when she's watching. Like, can you physically turn it off once you start? Or is that mm, part That's of a it? good point. 
And they're like, everybody who watches it is so close to the screen. Yes. Like you're watching. You're going to ruin your eyes. Didn't your parents teach you anything in the 80s? You have seven fucking days to live. Are you worried about your eyesight right now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when you're watching the movie, the tape also, they're playing in the mirrors in that as well. Yeah. Which I hate. I know. Uh, And then there's blood in there. And then it ends again with the static. So it it bookends the the tape with static on either side. Mm -hmm. It also introduces you to the actual ring imagery in the tape. Right. So we know from, you know, anybody who has seen the, oh God, I'm going to say the cover of the film, but (laughs) they don't really do that anymore. Poster? Where are the posters now? I don't know. Online. So anybody who's seen the image for the ring knows that it's kind of like a uh, white or light circle with Mm -hmm. an edging around a dark circle enclosed. Without an explanation of what it is, it's just called the ring. Right. So in this tape that she's watching, you actually see that image as well. Yep. Um, And that's the first time that we're introduced to the ring. After this is where she starts noticing, uh, testing the theory and Every picture of her own face is now blurry. Right. Whether it's a selfie or she invites this person, Noah, who is now mm-hmm. introduced to the film. The next morning, she calls him in because he is an AV techie. But we don't know their connection or anything. But she pulls him in and has him take a picture of her. And he sees that it's also distorted. Right. Uh, and she shows him all the selfies she's taking, you know, the same thing. And what happens next? She shows him the tape. He watches the fucking tape. Why? Late like, 10 a.m. <laughs> Does she even like this guy? Like, I think she she must hate him. Because I'm thinking the first thing I do. Destroy the tape? Uh, invite over everybody that I hate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there are two types of people in the world. <laughs> because if I'm going down, they're all going with me. We're definitely going to talk about the ethical dilemma at the end of this movie. <laughs> I think we have two different ways of looking at it. There's nobody that you would want to invite over to watch this movie. I couldn't live with myself on that one. Well, I you're dying in seven days anyway. Not if I make them watch it. We got to, nah. If I make a copy. If you make a copy of it. So you just want me to invite random people over so they're going down with me? Yeah. No. Wow. Really? I can think of at least six people off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't think I know. Right. I mean, there are people in my life that I'm just happy that are maybe not in my life anymore. Okay. <laughs> but I don't necessarily want to wish them dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've had different experiences. True. <laughs> I'm okay with people being alive and just, you know. Away from you. I'm at peace with them not being part of my life. <laughs> okay, Brittany. So, yeah, Noah has now watched the film. And we also see in this one that they start digging into the actual footage. And they find out that there's kind of an extension for what's yeah. off screen. Yep. The, the picture goes beyond the frame of the screen that they're watching it on. And they're, like, weirdly fighting over, like, trying to stretch the image and, like, we still don't really know who this guy is. Are they brother and sister? Oh, like, I didn't get brother sister vibes. Really? No. Just like the, I mean, before What's Her Name gets there. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, who is this guy? Do no. they work together? I got, I was thinking colleagues with sexual tension. Okay. That's how I was seeing it. I was yeah. seeing potential romance in this film, whether mm-hmm. it's past or future. Okay. But I was seeing that there was going to be something 
romantic between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good looking guy. I was, I was not upset about this. <laughs> and At first I thought he might have been a Baldwin. What? He's not. No. <laughs> I didn't get Baldwin. Like one bugs. of those random ones that you never hear about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Bobby Baldwin. Is that? it Bobby Baldwin? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, in that case, it could have been a Baldwin I didn't know about. <laughs> but... And she doesn't really watch it with him. She's kind of like wandering around. She goes outside. Like, and then he comes out after. He's like, yeah, that was like a student film. Right. And she's like, all right, can we find out more about it? Maybe yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. So she yeah. definitely has that investigator piece. She, whatever is happening, she wants to know more behind it. Yeah. Which that was drawing me into the movie even more because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I want to know more behind it. I want to know. <laughs> I wanted to know who made the, the tape. Yeah. Um, Where did this come from? Which was still not explained by how, the end of it. How did it end Do up? Do we know who made the tape? I mean, Samara, I assumed. Yeah. I mean, you think she rigged up a VCR and stuff like that? I don't know. No, I think like how picture her pictures just appeared. That was the vibe I got because it was all images that... Yeah. Like, from her perspective. Yeah, except you do see her mother jumping off the cliff. But if her mother killed her, she wouldn't have seen her mother. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of being from her perspective, I don't... That Didn't somebody say thing. she was holding her daughter when she When there was, an, there was an accident, and they said she was holding her daughter. But I was, that was in the newspaper article, but I didn't see... Oh. Okay. What exactly? Continue. Which accent? I thought I had to do it the horse time. Let's see. So Noah has watched it. Okay. So yeah, they're fighting over it. And and we get a little bit more of an introduction that he has some sort of relationship going on with a student, uh, a college student or post, you know. Who is? Graduate student. Another cameo. Abby Shudo from NCIS. Which this fits perfectly with her. I mean, she is doing. She has like. One line. <laughs> she does. She appears twice in the second time tied into my ethical dilemma piece. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so we find out, you know, he's got a relationship going on. Rachel kind of storms out on him and Noah mm-hmm. follows her. And they talk a little bit. And she's saying, you know, this is kind of a a replayed argument that we have all the time. So let's just cut to the end and, and right. I'm going to get going and you need to grow up kind of thing. And he's like, all right, bye. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, is this where... She gets the genius idea to make a photocopy. Not a photocopy. Uh, <laughs> to a copy, copy. The film. Yep. This might be. This is where she definitely. I have my next notes are about her going in and doing some of the pieces on the uh, behind the scenes herself. So the lighthouse is in the extension. This yep. is where the fly comes off yep. the screen. Those are the exact notes that I have. I was like, lighthouse, pluck fly from screen. Yes, yeah, fly can come off the screen because she plucks it off the actual tape. Mm-hmm. She's holding the fly in her hand. It's where she gets her first nosebleed. Right. But my note here is she takes the fly off the screen. What else can come off the screen? Right. Um, immediately, I'm thinking there's a lot of creepy images mm-hmm. going on here. And you already don't trust screen. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> and so why she would reach in and say, how oh, this fly is like moving a little bit on a paused screen. Let me try to remove it from the tape. Right. Right. Why would you ever do that? Right. Like you've watched a creepy tape. It may have been responsible for your niece's death. You leave the fucking fly in the tape. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if it's like here, save me. Right. No. Nope. You're part of the death you live tape in there. you stay in the murder tape. I don't care. So don't remove things from the murder tape. That's that's a, one of the rules. This I thought this was weird. She went to a library and immediately tracked down the lighthouse. 
Like, here's a book. And yeah, let me open it to a random page. Oh, this is the exact lighthouse that I'm looking for. From the same perspective. Good thing it's the only one in America. <laughs> like, what? And it's, it's pretty local to them. I mean. Uh, she's able to just drive to sure, the yep. ferry and, and take the ferry over and all. But I did think it was weird that she was able to track down that lighthouse immediately. Yeah. Uh, and it's Moscow, Moscow Island. Yep. Um, and this is where she starts also finding out a little bit more about some of the people and images that pop into the film. So this is the introduction of Anna Morgan, the woman who's brushing her yeah. hair in the film. And that she found out her horses had mysteriously drowned. Okay. Yep. Um, and she had committed suicide by jumping off the cliff. She right. was, this is what she's piecing together with one of the women who's in the film. The primary woman is in the, the tape itself mm-hmm. um, and who she is and her backstory. And then we pop into Noah finding out that he is, contaminated <laughs> yeah so like he sees his reflection in the mirror at this or in the screen mm. i think um, a cctv yeah at the convenience store where he's buying cigarettes and the cashier super creepy tells him he's gonna die yep then she pivots and says it's you know the cigarettes the cigarette, right <laughs> um, but when he's like staring at himself in that image, she's also looking, but it, it doesn't seem to register. So is this like a hallucination that only he can see? See, I didn't get that. I thought she was looking at it and then looking at his face and looking back. I thought she but was like, seeing she it. She didn't have any, like, she didn't react to it at all. No. She wasn't like, oh, what the fuck? No, but she, I thought she was, she was like, of, what are you looking at? Why are you looking at the screen like that? That was a vibe I got. Ah, okay. I got it as, yeah, that's fucking creepy. What's going on? <laughs> you can leave our store. <laughs> that was where Thank my you, vibe don't was. come again. Pretty much. I, uh-huh. So I got that. Yeah, she did see it. So we, you, I can see two different ways of looking at that. Yeah. What did Rachel retch up when she was on the phone with her sister? Yeah, so. I thought uh, it was hair. And then there was something on the end. So the thing at the end And we see it again later. And I had a note like it was one of the things that they would put like like an electrode. Like I wrote electro shock therapy question mark. Ah, okay. And I thought that that was going to tie into the water. Okay. But it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It it didn't pan out like that, guys. (laughs) First, I thought she was pulling like hair out of her mouth. Yeah. But then it, it ends with that piece. So that yeah. was kind of it threw me. I'm like, well, maybe it's not hair. Maybe it's rope and it's something. Oh, no. I definitely thought it was hair. Okay. That was just like attached, attached to this piece. Um, I had a hard time watching that. Yeah. So she ratches up this hair and then uh, a girl with the long, dark hair grabs her arm. Yep. And uh, she wakes up and you realize like parts of this have been a dream. But you're not quite sure where. And then she has a bruise yeah. or a burn kind of a yep. bruise on her arm. Like a literal handprint. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some sense of reality to this. But leading up to it, I'm, you know, you're not quite sure. Did she actually pull that thing out of her throat or was right. that part of a, a hallucination? Right. Because that's never brought up again. And she doesn't tell Noah and she doesn't yeah. go down and be like, yeah, here it is. This is what I threw. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I almost thought it maybe was a hallucination. Yeah. Uh, and this is also right where we find out Aiden has now watched a tape because as she's having this nightmare, she goes, she runs to find Aiden. Oh, yeah. And she finds him watching the very end of the tape and saying, I couldn't sleep. And yeah. so what did he do? He watched the fucking murder tape. Yeah. Why? He didn't put Little Mermaid in. What is wrong with this? Child? He's like, here's an unmarked tape. My mom's an investigative reporter. Who knows what's on this? 
<laughs> like this could be any snuff film or whatever. Also, and it, uh, it is also hot tip. If you find an unmarked VHS that your parents are trying to hide from mm-hmm. you, don't do, do it. not watch it. <laughs> Mind your business. Don't watch it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason it's unmarked. Yep. Leave it alone. That's not for you. It, so yeah, Eden has watched the tape and we also find out because she calls Noah and she says, our, our son. son. Yeah. So here's where we make the connection of Noah and Rachel having a past and obviously having a kid together who she is a caretaker for and he has almost no relationship with. This was the first time that I was sure in my mind that she was Aiden's mother because he keeps calling her Rachel. And I'm like, is she a foster parent? Is she adopted? Is And then so when she said our son, I was like, OK, so actually you're creepy child, which also is probably why she doesn't recognize how creepy he is because i don't think parents can see that in their kids like you know how parents all think that their babies are cute this one's not this is is a creepy as fuck child right but she is she is flat out told by a teacher your kid's creepy as fuck right this kid needs some therapy yes he he needs to talk to somebody yes he needs to stop wearing three-piece suits meet some kids his own age yeah there's not a single kid his age that he connects with except Mm -hmm. uh creepy samara uh he does have some sort of connection to her which is not healthy no um but to go back to where we were in the film this is where she starts going through uh, Katie's room again and she looks at Katie's notebook mm-hmm. where it has imagery from the tape right. uh, drawn in there. So right. she's got the ring drawn. She has a horse and she's got notes next to it. Why do I keep picturing this in my head? Mm-hmm. Um, so she is... Faces scratched out. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. Every picture has all the faces scratched out of it. Right. Um, so it's almost like she's deteriorating and she's seeing it now in in writing of what was going on for her niece the week before she died. This is where we find out Anna went to the Eola psychiatric facility. So Anna Morgan, the woman Mm -hmm. who is on the tape, we find out that she had gone to a psychiatric facility at some point. Right. So women in a psychiatric facility is something that's introduced a few times in the movie. Yes. Because we have Becca being institutionalized after her friend passes away. Mm-hmm. Then we have Anna Morgan, who we don't meet in person at this point at all. Um, and we're finding out her past and finding out she had been institutionalized. Later, we find out more about her daughter and her daughter being institutionalized. Right. Um, so that is certainly a, you know, a piece to right. it. And this piece of it, and I, we're going to talk about some of this later, I think. But this piece of it felt to me like in the old days when women would have emotions (laughs) and men thought that they were being hysterical Mm -hmm. and had them committed. Yes. So we're watching this, presumably, in 2002. We know that Anna's husband is still alive. Mm -hmm. So even if that had happened 30 years before, that's the 70s. It's not like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is, it's out of time for that being common practice, I'd say. Becca is a teenager in present time Mm -hmm. who's institutionalized. And it's not quite spelled out whether she did it, her parents did it, what her her break was right there from reality in that moment, Um, which is pretty serious. But that to me is a legitimate trying to get help. And even the nurses there are like, you know, Becca, we're almost there and and carrying, you know, bring a screen with her. So she was kind of shielded from watching television or seeing other people and. 
um, you know, they were caring for her. This seemed to be a um, humane situation right. with her. We don't quite know the situation for Anna Morgan or later for her daughter at that point. But just pointing out that the psychiatric facility piece happened for yeah. more than one character yep. and all female. Right. Hmm. <laughs> and I had in quotes here, and I don't know who said it. I think before you die, you see the ring. That was a line in the movie. And I thought it was important enough to write down, but not important enough not to put who said it. <laughs> all right. Now Rachel takes the ferry over to the island. Right before that, I put down Anna Morgan had a daughter. So this okay. is where she is still, I think, going through like newspaper articles oh, and looking at the history. Making a mess of the library basement or wherever yeah, she is. Yeah, like, I think she's in the archives of rude. possibly her own work rude. because of the, um, yeah, you know, the, all the papers. Yes. So, yeah, she's really inconsiderate. Yes. She's, Someone's going to have to clean that all up. What a bitch. Seriously. I mean, I guess she's already thinking I only have X number of days. Who really cares? Right. What are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> I mean, I guess at that point, are you going to spend your last seven days like cleaning? <laughs> no. <laughs> you're going to solve a murder and you're going to keep Obviously. going. But you're not going to pick up after everything. Mm-hmm. No, I, I kind of get that. I'd be like, fuck it. I think. I don't know. I don't know if I could actually do that. You definitely could not. <sighs> yeah, you're right. And I would not have been by myself in a fucking basement after you watched a murder tape and your kid watched it and your ex watched it. You all stick together. <laughs> then on out, you handcuff each other. The three of you, you're a right. team. Right. You're going to dig through Safety the basement. And you're all in the basement. But this is where she finds out Anna Morgan had a daughter. Mm-hmm. So the daughter has not been mentioned, has not been introduced at this point, but up until this point. But she finds out that she had a daughter. Yes. Um, and this is where she takes the ferry. She's going over to the Morgan farm. She finds out it, the... Mother had horses. Yep. Anna had horses. Mm-hmm. She had a daughter. She doesn't know much else about them, except the horses, a couple of them at least, had started turning up dead Right when Anna was still alive. And this is, I think, where she started kind of having her break, her mental breakdown. Yeah. Okay. So now she's taking the ferry. And for some reason, she sees this horse carrier. And she wants to make friends with the horse inside. Why the fuck she went near somebody else's animal. Right. Ever. And when the animal doesn't respond very well to her, why she doesn't just walk away? Yeah. I was mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not your horse to try and soothe or comfort that it's upset. Like, you are upsetting it. Right. So leave. And this whole part was so unnecessary. And it's it's heartbreaking yeah, to watch the whole thing. This is the, one of the scenes that I, I did not watch. Ooh, Spoiler alert. Animals dying. Affects Laura way more than people dying in movies. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of things in my house that say dogs are my favorite people. Uh, dogs make me happy. Yeah, I'm way more of an animal person than a people person. Uh-huh. Yeah, fair. <laughs> absolute fair statement. I mean, people died in this film before that. And I was just like, oh, or I jumped. Right. I screamed. It was like, oh, that I sucks. <laughs> physically couldn't watch the yeah. horse scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't do animal Animal cruelty at all, uh, especially yeah. animal deaths, but any kind of animal, animal torture, animal cruelty. That's that is. Uh, that's and when she says any, like literally any. Do you remember when we were kids and we watched Animal House? Yeah, the horse. Don't do that. That's not mine. Poor horse had like a heart attack. The horse had a heart attack and it's like on its back with its legs sticking straight up in the air. And uh, Laura thought because she knew it was coming. So she was like, oh, I'm going to go get some drinks upstairs. Does anybody want anything? And so she leaves when the scene happens. And when she comes back in the room, 
every single one of us were on our back with with our arms and legs in the air like the horse fucking assholes i remember even my brother did it it was just it was not nice so like it doesn't matter if if an animal is dying like in a a funny way comedic fashion i don't care for a laugh you know no she's she's not having it there's no laugh but yeah that whole scene was so just like the horse busting out of the carrier but then also you can tell just being like terrified it was tragic and like running and trying to get away and like can't and eventually goes over the side and it's horrendous that was the worst thing i've ever seen yeah yeah the horse goes and obviously the horse does not survive you see the bloody water on the other side of the boat because it went under propellers and everything you know it's just it's gone yeah um and it's it's horrific because you're seeing the bloody water you're connecting it immediately to the death film whatever we want to call it the murder tape Mm -hmm. um because it has that bloody water as one of the images in there so you're you're making all the connections as she sees the images that there's a reason why this whole scene played out was so she could physically watch that image of the bloody water at the end that connected right away to the tape and to her countdown that's going on so that was the reason behind it did it have to play out this way no Mm -mm. um and i think what made it Worse in me for me was the fact that the owner of the horse was a girl oh, and she was there with her father. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. And so the horse is alive. The horse is running through the cars and everything on this ferry, and she's yelling, "My horse, Daddy, yeah. get my!" And then the horse died, and you, she, the girl screams and cry. I mean, oh. that's just how is anybody okay with this scene? No. I can't. Yeah, that was that so. Was yeah, that that was uh that was to me. That was the worst death in the whole movie for me. But here's where you start finding out, because she does get to the Morgan farm. Morgan horse farm. Yes. And really just like, you know, obviously recognizes some parts of it. She goes and knocks on the door. Nobody answers. Mm -hmm. So now she's like going through the property, going through like the stables and like making herself at home trying to find somebody you have to question at this point if you have a countdown of seven days and you're a few days into this at this point at what point do you just stop giving a shit yeah because if somebody's just gonna shoot you for being on their property right they're just taking a couple days off your clock right not to make light of the whole thing but when you have a finite amount of time left and you're trying to solve a crime which or a mystery which now also impacts your son Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think no trespassing signs don't really apply. (laughs) I think, you know what, you're looking for Mr. Morgan, go find Mr. Morgan. Fair. Do your thing. But then she finds Mr. Morgan. Uh Uh-huh. And he's not quite thrilled that she's there. He has some good points that he makes. He's not awful to her in the beginning. No. You know, you can tell, obviously, he's had to deal with similar situations in the past. But he doesn't, like run her off his land or, you know, make a scene throwing her out or anything. He takes the, a little time to talk to her. He does. But I think he thinks at the beginning, it's just her wanting to talk about the horses. Right. So he said, you know, the horses went crazy. And then I put in, in quotes again, Mr. Morgan said, or they sense things before we do. Mm-hmm. And so there was. Which that, I for sure think is true. I think animals have a good, you know, intuition. I I just, I do think they can sense things before we can. You know, like when um, rats and stuff know that there's an earthquake coming. Animals, I guess. Not just specifically rats. <laughs> I have no idea. 
I have no idea. That's a thing. Google it. Whoever's watching this, fact check us. Let me know if I made that up. Watching this. Listening. Whoever's listening. But when he's saying, you know, or they sense things before we do, there was a dark tone there. And Oh, yeah. You know, are, are they sensing that his wife was going to die or are they sensing what we find out almost immediately after that? Mm-hmm. This is where the tape was filmed. Right. Um, right. This is, yeah, she's, she recognizes the window from the tape. She, obviously, she sees the mirror. She tells Mr. Morgan about the tape. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, yeah, okay, get the fuck out. And she says, you don't even want to see what's on it. But I do agree with her, you know, here, she has a tape that she's saying has images of your wife on it. I've heard people say one of the hardest things about losing somebody is maybe that there's, there's no new images of them. Mm. There are no new pictures, no new videos, no new anything. You have what you have. Right. Nothing new is going to be created or come to you. Something yeah, his reaction is for sure off. And you're like, Ugh, he knows that that's yes. going to kill him. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't know if he, if he knows it's going to kill him. But he knew that this is something dark. Or in my, I was also wondering, did he make the tape? So I, that's my thought was, why wouldn't he want this? And immediately my answer was because he's seen it and he made it. When she's showing him the tape and whatnot. And he says, where did you get that? And she names that she found in a shelter mountain inn and there's like uh, like something clicks like you know recognition flashes in his eyes and uh that's when he's like you need to yeah we're done here. is this the scene where he's also saying you know there's so much to do and every time i think i get something yes. done there's something else to fix yes and so the way he phrased it as something to fix Made me think, is he using the word fix as in to end? <laughs> so is he going to fix her? Is oh. he going, has he done something to fix his wife or his daughter? I was thinking like there's there's other vibes. <laughs> yeah, I was getting, you know, his just the word choice to me jumped out as uh, a little more sinister than needed to be. No, something was um, super off. I agree. And when they mentioned the daughter, because he was showing her to the door roughly of like, you have to leave. And he, she asked about his daughter and he said, I don't have a daughter. Yeah. And so I wrote down the daughter is key and underlined it. Oh, yeah. hundred um, percent. My note was, oh, great. Another creepy ass kid. <laughs> yes. And at the same time that this is happening, because I, I liked this, she actually went to go visit the house, talk to him, see where the tape was filmed. This doesn't always happen in good in horror movies. It's right. what made it good to me. It's yeah. like you're getting... All those things that you want them to do, they're doing. What are the um, things you want them to do? <laughs> yes. Yes. All the things that the logical one wants, they're doing. They're chasing down the clues. They're working together. They're do- And the thing I didn't like, but they had to based on the amount of time they had with their time limit, is they did have to divide and conquer. Right. So I, again, would have said, all of you handcuffs stay together. That's it. They did have to divide. So she went and tackled this on the island. Mm-hmm. While Noah went to the... Uh, to the asylum. Yeah, Eola's psychiatric facility mm-hmm. to look up Anna Morgan's records. Right. So he uh, just kind of saunters in and goes to the front desk and like, hey, um, I'm here for Anna Morgan's records. Uh, and they're like, uh, bro, that's not that's not how it works. <laughs> you can't... He says, he's... I've seen them before. I've been up there. I've seen them before. And... The guy at the desk says, nice try there downstairs, which is just giving him a place to go break in and look and look for the files, which, if you think about it, super clever. Yeah, I was a fan. 
You go, Noah. I am a fan of Noah. I like him. Yeah, I enjoyed him. <laughs> Past tense. Oh, so he he breaks in uh, to the basement. He's going through the files, not stealthily at all. He is noisy. He's making such a racket. It, but and I'm also you know again going back to the noise piece mm-hmm. from using the static, using the disruptive noises that are keeping you on edge, and even these things where he's opening and closing and banging shelves are still kind of making you jump and saying like. Shh, be quiet. Like, yeah. you know, be be stealthy. Yeah. And uh, and he's be not. Cool, dude. Right. But it's still keeping you on edge. Right. Because <laughs> he he's got that like frantic energy. Right. And you can it's it's palpable. <laughs> yes. And, and I get it. He's like, we're all going to die. And you are. Mm-hmm. They're yep. going to die quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so he starts going through the files. But my question was like, put this thing in your jacket and get out of there. Yes. It's one file (laughs) you found anna morgan's records take it with you leave you're gonna get caught here right or you're gonna miss something and you're gonna try later to recap what it is right you're not taking pictures of anything right just like committing it to memory so he's just going through the files um wait i have a note that says samara adopted question mark yeah they they did go through a whole bunch of notations in anna's record about and this is like in the 1960s right so it had about her being Pregnant, yep. miscarried, miscarried, multiple pregnant. times. Yep, conceived, miscarried, conceived, miscarried. So you're seeing at least that they're probably trying for a kid. Right. Um, and I mean, what this woman must have gone through. That sounds... That's traumatic on its own. Awful, yeah. yeah. But Noah finds this certificate of live birth, which lists Richard Morgan as the father. And so Samara's not adopted. She's your actual child. And it gives her name for the first time as Samara. Samara, yep. So this is where she's introduced by name. Mm -hmm. But he's already said, I don't have a daughter. And here we're now finding out almost immediately after. Here's proof that there was a daughter or is a daughter. We don't know. So uh, you're a liar. So in Anna Morgan's written file, the one that he's frantically going through it and not taking with him like an ass. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a reference in there to a project that was terminated at the father's request. Yes. And this is where I started getting confused thinking, well, who was the patient here? Was it Anna? Was it Samara? Because Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be Anna's father who was terminating something. It would very likely be Anna's husband terminating something for his daughter. Yes. Meaning was his daughter being treated here as well? And why was his daughter being treated here? So this kind of so that again hints in there for me immediately. I don't know why I had this electroshock therapy thing in my head. <laughs> so when they when we see the note about the project being terminated, that's what I thought. I was yeah. like, oh, they must have been treating one or both of them. Um, and he was like, OK, that's enough. So Rachel is back home with Aiden. She is talking to him because he had drawn the fo- the picture of the house. Oh, right. right and right. she was asking him, like, why did you draw this house? What does it you know? How did you know about this house? He had drawn the Morgan farm. Right. And he obviously had never been there. Right. Um, so she's on the you know, I think she's on the phone or, or however it is. She's asking him about it. She calls. Um, yes, she does call him from and- a pay phone. <laughs> Which was also a real thing. He's saying that it's not that they talk to each other, but that she shows she him shows things. She shows him things, yeah. Um, and that she doesn't like the barn. And Rachel asked, you know, is that where she is? Is that where she lives? And he said, no, she lives in a dark place now. Yeah. Fuck no. 
Super creepy. I'm sorry. Samara lives in a dark place. That could be a grave. That oh, yeah. could be a cave. That could be, I'm assuming she's not alive. She's communicating with a nine-year-old, but nope, not good. Right. So I'm getting dark vibes on Samara at this point. 100%. Now she goes and she meets with the, uh, this is Rachel. She goes and she meets with the doctor who's on the island. He's yep. the only doctor on the island. Born and raised there. Born and raised. Knows everybody. She treats everyone. Mm-hmm. And I did have down here this island mentality and not tropical island mentality we're talking like <laughs> like Maine yeah yeah <laughs> you know, yeah we're talking like off the coast of New England kind of thing I don't actually know where this is set do we Seattle oh so way on the other side <laughs> not New England <laughs> off the coast of Washington um but there this closed circuit mentality but the way the doctor talks about it she does talk about Anna and Samara and she does tell Rachel that Anna wanted a child um, and they had gone away and they came back with what she said was an adopted child named Samara. But when she's talking about Samara and the relationship between Samara and her parents, she's saying, you know, this this wasn't a good thing. Mm. Um, and Rachel's asking her to really explain a little bit more. And she's talking about uh, how when she, you know, she she can't really explain. But when Samara left, things got better. Right. Right. And you can tell, like, she really washed her hands of it. Yeah. Because she doesn't even know if she's still in the asylum. Then Rachel must go back to the Morgan farm. Yes. Is this where she watches that tape? Then, yeah, that's my next note. So here's my question. Not only why would you go back there after being thrown out, but to let yourself in and start going through this man's personal property. This is not the worst part. Uh, I sit down in front of a VCR and watch another videotape. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. You watch one murder tape. You don't play another tape ever. And you certainly don't do it in the Morgan household. Yeah. Of all places right. to watch a tape while and watching. literally one inch away from the screen again. And not notice Mr. Morgan show up behind you, who then does hit her yeah. and does attack her. But can we talk about the content of this second tape? Oh, this is the missing tape. Yeah, this is Samara Tape Session 0015. Yep. Um, which is the video file that is notated in Anna's medical records. But when Noah had gone to find that tape, And that man brings him talking about his system. (laughs) Um, And he knows exactly where the tape is, exactly what aisle it's in, exactly what shelf it's in. And he opens the case and it's empty. But he can see that Richard Morgan was the last person to watch it or take it out. Yes. So now Rachel is in Mr. Morgan's house, sees this tape, plays the tape in his house, again, without just taking it with her. Right. But sits down and is like, I'm going to use his VCR. We don't know where he is. Last time he tried to throw me out. This is cool. Right. Not cool. Not cool, Rachel. Not okay. It's set up in such a a lonely, creepy way. You're watching this child, really, uh, who is institutionalized. You're watching from a CCTV Mm -hmm. set up in her room. And they make comments a couple of times around this time. And also Aiden had made the comments too. She never sleeps. Yeah. And so you're watching, you're watching the clock moving and realizing she's not sleeping. Right. She's staring at the screen. She's looking at the door. She's sitting on her bed, but she's never actually sleeping. Right. 
Um, so that is a, a very creepy image. And then it does even worse where she's sitting on a chair across the whole room mm-hmm. from the doctors facilitating the session. And he's asking her questions and she is in a relatively creepy voice. Or maybe it's just because it was a kid and yeah. it was the girl's voice kind of thing. But she's saying she loves her mommy. Daddy loves the horses. Mm-hmm. Um and he's, you know, the doctor's saying, well, you don't want to hurt anybody else. And her answer is, but I do. And um, so does she say she's sorry? I forget what she says, but like her first part yeah. is, but I do. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. So you, you do want to hurt them or you, or you do, do hurt, hurt them. them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like, that could be taken two ways. And one is, is way creepier than Right. Other. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Um, there was also the chair that she's sitting on again. There's a plug running from underneath it that's plugged into the outlet in the wall. So again, I thought, <laughs> where's the electric therapy in this movie? <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't get a good vibe from this whole thing at all. So shocker of all shockers. Oh, did you have to use that? <laughs> Richard Morgan uh, finds Rachel in his home using his television to watch this tape of the daughter that he's trying to forget he has. And yeah, he hits her with something hard. Um, And she goes down and he goes upstairs and she's kind of stumbling after him. And again, I'm like, this is not your house. Mm -hmm. Like you have no business here. Leave this man alone. But she follows him to the upstairs bathroom where there is water all over the floor which we already know is a bad sign. And there are just electrical wires and electronics everywhere. He's got a uh, power cord around his neck with things plugged into it. You know, he's running the water in the bathtub, which is overflowing, causing, you know, this flood on the bathroom floor. Rachel takes a step in, so her foot splashes in the water. And you're like, oh no, not you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, I get my electroshock therapy here because he commits suicide by electrocuting himself. And it is also rough. Not as rough as a horse, but. No, no, I was OK with the manner in which he died. Wow. OK, here's the thing. OK, he's a dick in the movie. Yes. Uh, the horse was innocent. Yeah. Horse was completely innocent, did nothing. Yeah. Got provoked by this woman. And so beautiful. Gorgeous horse, yeah. owned by someone, loved by someone. This man <laughs> was a dick. He just hit this woman. That's he did not. Who was trespassing home. in his home twice, breaking and entering? <laughs> I don't think she broke anything. She entered. She entered. But he I'm also gonna... had the horse's bit thing. Oh yeah. There. So he was still with the horse thing. Yeah, that was. I don't like it. And he used every electronic in his house, except Literally. for the television and VCR. Obviously. So, yeah. So now that Mr. Morgan's dead, though, we have free, free reign of the property, I guess. <laughs> and Noah shows up right after he dies. Mm-hmm. So like in the hallway, literally after he dies, Noah has been rushing to get there. Yeah. And hears Rachel scream. Yes. And he comes running up there. She continues to scream because you're. Somebody now has grabbed her in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I think by this point, I would have had a heart attack and died. Oh, 100%. like I jumped a couple of times in this yeah. scene and this sounds awful, but it's another death that Rachel has caused. Yeah. And why didn't she get shocked? 
Because she wasn't in the water when it happened. Oh, I thought she was. I thought she had a foot in. No, I think she stepped in, realized this is water and this is happening and stepped out to the hallway. Oh, okay. Every loss of life in this film ties back to Rachel, except for Katie's. Right. Katie died first, which brought Rachel into it. And then Rachel was somehow connected to every death in the rest of the film. Hmm. Interesting, since she is a logical one. Hmm. Just, so you're telling me I'm going to be responsible for I'm just deaths? saying that maybe that's not the way to go. I'm just saying maybe I'm not going to watch a murder film. <laughs> <laughs> so after Mr. Morgan dies, the police come. Did you see the police car in the background? No. No? Okay, so I saw it in the background and then they went to the barn. And I was like, why are they just so, like allowed free reign of the of this crime scene. <laughs> ah, gotcha. I didn't notice the cop car at that point. Maybe I'm hallucinating. No, you might. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't say that happens. But so so yeah. shows up and they go check out. They go to the bar and you see the ladder again. We had seen this ladder image in the tape. We had seen it in Seattle when she's leaving Noah's apartment. She walks under it. Mm-hmm. And now we see it in the barn and it leads up to like this lofted area. Which, as the way that they shot this, of them, like, climbing up the ladder, like, you have to be feeling like something's going to jump out at you. What are they going to see? What's up there? You know? I was expecting they were going to, sh- like, get to the top and there's going to be, like, a 40-year-old woman. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kept up here since yeah. she was a child. Chained to the ground. Right, in, in some way, or still kind of childlike, but has grown older. Whoa, that would be I, so good. It would have been super creepy. But instead, thank God, it's empty and it's just an empty, creepy room. Creepy kids room. Yeah, but her bedroom, you find out, was in the loft of the horse barn. Right. Um, like, not in the house with her parents. Um, and she had made the comments on the video that her uh, she loves her mommy, but her daddy loves the horses. And she had told or communicated to Aiden that... She doesn't like the horses because they're loud. She's trying to sleep. The horses keep her up at night. Yeah. But when they're up there, they also notice that part of the wallpaper has been peeled off. Yes. And so they peel off all the wallpaper mm-hmm. and they find this image of a tree burned right. into Burned it. into like the wood or whatever behind the wallpaper, um, the wall of the barn. And she's like, I recognize this tree. This tree of all trees. Right. I know this tree. This is the only tree in all of Washington State that looks like this. So (laughs) I know where we have to go. Which is back at Shelter Mountain Inn where Rachel had first watched the film. So Katie and Rachel both watched the tape in cabin 12 of Mm -hmm. Shelter Mountain Inn. Now they're going, returning back to that scene. And they're going back to Shelter Mountain Inn, back to cabin 12 because this tree was right outside. Mm-hmm. And she's saying as the sun was setting, right as she was watching it, 5.13 p.m., uh, it lit up completely like it was on fire. Right. And so this is, she knows this is the tree and there's a reason that we have to go back here. Mm-hmm. Cool. So they do. <laughs> <laughs> they are back in cabin 12, just looking around. Is that what they're doing? Looking for she, anything? Yeah. She's getting very frustrated saying, I'm out of time. This yeah, is it. There's, and there has to be something like right. the answer is here in this cabin. Like this must be it. Well, she's actually kind of defeated at this point. It almost seems like she's giving up and he's the he's one the saying, one. Yeah. you know, there's got to be something. And he starts kind of throwing things around, but he knocks over a whole jar of marbles. Yeah. Like, those, yeah. Uh, or beads or whatever. Yep. And they all come together at right. one point. Under and you realize it's got to be. It's 
Yes, under the table that I think other TV, but you realize it's got to be sunken in a little bit because mm-hmm. it's pulling them all to that spot. So they pull the rug up and they see that there's a ring mark on the floor there. Yeah, like um, it had been burned or something. Like there's some, something is, was here in this spot. So naturally, the only thing to do <laughs> is to go outside and in case of emergency, break glass and get this axe mm-hmm. to demo the floor of this cabin. Where is the innkeeper? <laughs> he is working on his card tricks oh somewhere. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so he starts hacking the floor to pieces. And that reveals that beneath this cabin is... The well from the tape. The tape. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, uh, crap. Yeah, super creepy well right underneath the living room floor of cabin 12. Um, would that have happened? Like, would they have just built this cabin over the well like that? They would have just <laughs> left it like... 15 feet away, they could have built it. Open. <laughs> like, they didn't seal it off or anything. It's just like, there? But it's a cabin. Why put the cabin over the well? Yeah. Why not put the cabin 20 feet to the mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, so no, that was that was super weird. But yeah. considering the rest of the content of the film, I guess maybe we have to suspend reality a little all bit. All right, all right. I don't know. So they um, jump down under the floor and push the top off of this well perfectly normal i don't feel like that big cement slab should be moved that easily right but they went for it right and it's deep and they can't tell how deep they find a rock to throw down but she holds it there for like 15 seconds like, just just let it go right why not right what are you waiting for now you're you're past your time you should be dead drop the rock yeah uh so she does eventually drop the rock. Up in the regular living room, the TV turns on with the static. Right. And this is, I should not be laughing, but it slides towards them, whacks into her, and she falls down the well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible, and she hits it like yeah. ping pongs off it all, all the, way the way down. down. How did she live through this? No way she doesn't break her neck in no, every not part a of her spine. All she has is this tiny scratch above and her eye. I think that's where the guy hit her. I'm not even sure that was from the well at all. I think that's all from Mr. Morgan just, just hitting her. You might be right, actually. So I think she has no injuries from this awful fall down right. this incredibly deep well, hitting the water, which is, you know, that's okay. And then she comes back up and she's like, I'm alive. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, right. I'm sorry. That was your demise. The TV knocked you down a well, you ping pong. Right. You're done. The water pulling up the nails. Yes. In the floor. Yes. Like- so we're seeing like water where there shouldn't be water. It's pulling up, like you said, the nails and pouring into kind of the living room. Yeah. So at this point, I was like, they started to lose me a little bit. So, okay. I, it reminded me of, do you remember when we went to see the movie, The Happening? Oh yeah. I didn't like that one. Uh Uh-huh. But it was like, all these people are dying and like, it's so scary. And then it's like, oh, it's the trees. They're killing everybody. And I was like, wait, so now it's like the water, the water's killing everybody. What, like, (laughs) what's its motive? Why is the water? You know what I mean? I hear you. Yep. My head was not there at all. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> and also, I did not find the happening to be scary. I thought the happening was hilarious. Terrible. I was still seeing Samara is tied to this. Like right. an actual person right, had right, right. something to do with it. Is controlling the water. Yeah, I thought it exactly. Mm, um, big Ursula vibes. <laughs> but this is where now that she is in the water, 
Yes. And she is seeing that there are fingernail scratches on the wall. She's saying there's an actual nail there, mm-hmm. like a fingernail, fingernail. that yep. got broken off by somebody. And she's all of a sudden she's able to she's getting these visions, which we know Samara sends pictures. Um, Samara mentioned in her tape where she was being interviewed by the psychiatrist. Um, he was asking her about how did she create these images that he was holding up to the camera and she was saying, you know, she doesn't draw them. It's that they come to her and she pictures them and then they just are. Yeah. She's yep. now seeing what happened to Samara and yeah. what, how this all ties together. Right. So let's talk about that because mm-hmm. this is where we had questions about uh, the timeline. <laughs> because why yes. is Anna Morgan dressed like she's in Puritan time? <laughs> Like, why is she dressed like this? I I was giving her the benefit of the doubt and saying 1800s. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but either way. That's fair. I can see 1800s. It's kind of like 1800s, like funeral wear. Mm. Like, she is head to toe black, but with, like, the dress, the bustle, the whole. Yeah. The whole nine years. And this should have been, like, 1980. <laughs> so right. It wasn't quite. 70s at the early. No. And. She is dressed like it's 100 years before that. It's so weird. And anytime we see Samara, she's just in this like plain, creepy ass nightgown. Like this kid's not allowed real clothes. It's weird. No, it is weird. Right. Because it's not like they're at their home. No. And they're talking a little bit because Samara is is singing. She's at the edge of this well mm-hmm. and she's singing a song in the distance. Not see, creepy at all. <laughs> in the distance, we see like horses in a field. Mm-hmm. So, and it's this like very, it's this very idyllic, like outdoor meadow kind of scene. Mm-hmm. Very tranquil. You know, you feel very calm and at peace. And yeah, and this little girl is singing at the well and her mother comes up and she almost implies like that they've left where they were mm-hmm. and that things are going to be better here and that this is good. Yep. Look how beautiful it is. And and then immediately. Uh-huh. Yep. Takes out like a hefty <laughs> and puts it over her daughter's head. Right. And then just tosses her over the edge of the well. Yeah. Then, then she suffocates her and tosses her down a well. So um, Rachel is like seeing all of this. She's still down at the bottom of the well in the water uh, she sees this long black hair. For the record, I have long, dark hair. Mm-hmm. And so now the next time that there's like, I don't know, you take a shower and there's like a piece of hair, it's going to freak me out. That is, my own hair is going to scare me. It's true. So Rachel's <laughs> looking in the water, trying to like push the water aside to see to the bottom. <laughs> it's so absurd. It's ridiculous. Um, and she, her, uh, her burn on her arm. Heals. Heals. But she brings up the body. Yeah, so she, she, finds- uh, she finds Samara, pulls her from the bottom of the well, and is, like, holding her, like, cradling her. And Samara, as she's holding her, just, like, immediately deteriorates. Yeah. From, like, a full child to just, like, her... Corpse. Corpse, yeah. Yeah, and she lets her go. Right. Um, which, in my head, I was like, no, you hold on to her and you bring her up with you. But but we see that they end up calling help and everything. Yeah. Noah comes finally running back to try to get her out. And she's like, I'm here. I'm alive. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, the next part is Noah uh, Noah and Rachel are out of the well, or she's out of the well. Okay. They're both sitting outside. She's explaining to him what she saw and what she found out. And he asks kind of what might have been a rhetorical question of, 
you know, how long could you survive down there? Because she points out Samara was still alive when she was pushed down the well. She wasn't dead. Right. She was marking the days on the side. And Oh, I didn't even know she was marking the days. Yeah, I thought they were just like finger. Oh, I thought balls. they were like tally marks. Oh, they could have been. So Noah does say, you know, how long could somebody survive down there mm-hmm. if that happens? And Rachel's the one who points out seven days. Seven days, yep. Which is why this murder tape is, <laughs> you know, you have seven days. Seven days. Yep. You have exactly seven days and you will die. That's the amount of time that Samara was alive mm-hmm. in the well. Yep. What you're seeing from Samara's point of view, which you're getting from Rachel right there, is that it had to be her mother or whoever was helping mother pushing the cover back over the well. Mm-hmm. And as you're looking up, she's seeing the outline of sky just around the Yeah, just the light peeking through. Yeah, so it's just like Creating that. a ring. Yes, the white light around the dark cover is created there. Ring. And that's the image that she's put into the tape. And that is kind of the the iconic image that you see for the, the film cover for the ring. Um, but that's where all of that came from. That's where the title of the ring is. I was thinking at this point that the parents were the villains because I thought, yes, there was a lot of shit going on with the daughter. Mm -hmm. Maybe she was projecting images. But the father's an asshole. (laughs) The father's an asshole who said that the mother never should have had a child. Mm -hmm. The mother obviously tried to suffocate and and threw her daughter down a well who Mm -hmm. then took seven days before she passed. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, this child is a victim in some ways. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, yeah, I think she was. Yes, for sure. But in other ways, I have to remember, she wasn't a child. Mm. She was a demon. <laughs> so <laughs> if she was a human child, I would say there's some victim pieces there. Yeah, yeah. But if they had ended the film there, which they could have. Yes, that easily could have. I mean, there are cops there. Yep. There are people that are oh solving God, a crime. They are swarming in and, and here you have Noah and Rachel and they're making plans as he's, they're coming home. Mm-hmm. They pick up Aiden. Aiden sees in the back seat. They're holding hands. Where did they pick Aiden up from? Her sisters. Because she had called her sister when before she was retching everything up. Why is he sleeping the way that they find him? <laughs> so he is... Pretty much like a murder victim. He looks like um, he's dead. Yeah, he sprawled out on the living room floor in like the middle a of the night. Outline. Yes, that's why I'm like murder victim. Like yes. he's, he's sprawled out in a weird position in the middle of the carpet in the living room of his aunt's house uh, by himself. He's like a nine-year-old kid. I was also thinking like parents are probably pretty neglectful right now. They've just lost their own daughter. Should they really be put in charge of yeah. somebody else's kid yeah. while they're mourning? No. Um, where was he going to sleep? With the option? Katie's room? Or a couch. I agree. <laughs> but I'm thinking he probably didn't have a lot of supervision going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just kind of passed out where he was. <laughs> in front of a TV because that's what you want to be doing right, right now. Nothing <laughs> new. No. So, but yeah, they pick up their son. They're driving home. He sees them holding hands. They could have pulled in and... When Noah was, happily ever yeah, after. Noah's leaving them at their place, which again, you stay. This whole thing happens. You don't say have a good night. Mm. But See you tomorrow. Right. But they do. They're, they're making plans. Let's get together tomorrow. And he's like, oh, and the day after and the that. the day after and, that, yeah. So it's it's very, it's it very sweet that they're yeah. kind of, you know, let's, this is our, we're open to the future and we're going to try this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he even made a joke about renting a movie. And so I was like, oh, that's poor taste, but fine. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and that should have been roll credits. 
Agree. It was not. It was not. Mm -mm. By the end of it, I was almost more appreciative of because I kind of felt like, okay, if you're going to make it creepy, you're going to keep going with it. They really went with it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll let you. (laughs) This is creepy to me. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, Rachel stays in Aiden's bed. That night, <laughs> um, as I would do, you're never leaving my sight again. And when he wakes up again, like the first thing he says is, Rachel? <laughs> Not mom. What is this? I don't understand. He's a, he's a man. He's a, he's a full grown man trapped in that body. I'm, I'm sure of it. He's her dad. <laughs> oh, oh, super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and she is... Telling him that uh, they they found Samara, they they helped her. She's at rest. She's at peace now. Well, something like, at least that that's the impression. I'm not sure the the wording. Yeah, yeah. She's free now, and he, and Aiden panics. Wait, you helped her? What are you crazy? <laughs> you should not have helped the creepy girl. Yeah, and then of course we're all like, ah, fuck. What have we done? And we see very quickly that obviously this is not over because even though Rachel, for reasons yet unknown, has been spared, Noah, not so lucky. Noah's coming up on his 8, 10 a.m. expiration time. Mm -hmm. And Rachel knows it. So she is frantically calling him, calling him, calling him, calling him. Obviously, he doesn't have an answering machine. Because this thing rings for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and he's home. Yeah. He's there. All he has to do is pick up the phone. But the static goes on the TV and he is focusing on the television mm-hmm. and not going and picking up the phone, which you can do two things at once. Mm-hmm. You can be looking at something and answer a telephone. Whoa. Right? Crazy thought here. Interesting. It would have potentially saved his life. Hmm. Um, so multitasking, just saying. So yeah. So so the water's coming for Noah, and Rachel is trying to get to him. She's weaving in and out of traffic on her cell phone. Remember when you could be on your cell phone when you were driving? Mm-hmm. It was a weird time. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they figured that didn't work. Yeah, very quickly. Real loosey goosey with the rules in two thousand two. <laughs> um, Again. Even if it was against the law, I think this would be a case of. Yeah, this is the exception. Yeah, I get that. So Rachel finally gets to know his apartment um, to find that he has, uh, in fact, expired, which is terrible. It's obviously a terrible sight. His face is all, you know, like Katie's was in the beginning. Uh, But we don't see it yet. Not yet. We see her reaction. But in the meantime... As she's weaving through traffic, we are with Noah yeah. and also seeing what's happening and what he's enduring. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's, like we said, the TV goes on on the other side of the room, which he goes to investigate. And you guys know how I feel about that. <laughs> if you hear a loud noise, just turn up the music. If something goes on in the other room, leave. Like, what are we investigating? Why? Why? 
I'm with you on this, except if I hear a loud noise, I don't turn up the music. I also leave. <laughs> okay. So the survival is not to block out the noise <laughs> that's coming from me. It's it's to get away from it. Fair. And it's not like he doesn't know that television and water is murder. Right. He has just recently come to terms with the fact that there was a skeleton slash possible child looking thing Mm -hmm. in the bottom of a well where he just saved his ex from and they watched a murder tape and a guy got electrocuted the night before. I mean, he's had a rough 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, he he, should know better. Yes. Yeah. Which is almost like, okay, if you're going to go investigate it, you kind of get what happens. (laughs) Right. Like, right, right. You brought this part on yourself. (laughs) Um, I don't know why he would have thought, oh no, this is all over. So this just must be my, my TV acting up. Right. No, 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 no. Like, Mm-mm. I don't know why you still have a television at this point. <laughs> this happens? No. It's like, I'm never watching TV again. <laughs> if, like, a possessed toaster becomes a thing, I'm not going to keep a toaster plugged <laughs> in, in my house. You just fucking toss it. I, I don't understand. Go to the movie theater. You want to watch a movie? Go to the movies. Yeah. Buy a radio. You don't need a television. Read a book. <laughs> Thank you. But... Yeah, so that's that's a hard pass for me. But what comes on the screen is not just static like we've seen for some of the others. His is extra special. He gets an image of the well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets Samara climbing out of the well, and but with the dark hair hanging in front of her face yep, wet. A la Cousin It. And then... She gets, doesn't just crawl out of the well. Ooh, he gets an extra special visit. She crawls out of the fucking television. Out of the freaking TV. Are you kidding me? And then crawls across the floor and her hands are all like, oh, this is drowned Samara. Right. This is not the nice Samara that Rachel met at the bottom where she looked like a, a normal human girl. Right. This and then disintegrated. Whose mother Mm-mm. murdered her for no reason. This no, is no, no. full on drowned demon Samara. Yep. And Ooh. she's like creepy, like walking and leaving like puddles. Mm. In, her, in her wake um which again the water and you're like noah we hardly knew ye but she's also all like black and white and kind of bluish like her, the contrast of her oh yeah against the rest of the scene mm-hmm. him and his his home yep is startling yeah um and so it adds again to that whole thing that they've been doing with the the sound and the mm-hmm. imagery and it just continues all the way to the end with this contrast yeah um but it is super creepy especially for me uh, probably for most people but it's the hair down in front of her yeah hiding uh, her face it's the way she's kind of like limp walking mm-hmm. and the hair that's hiding her face it's just it is very a creepy image and noah dies and rachel finds him and leaves. <laughs> she finds him and she leaves because she finds him like in the chair with his back to her. So she comes in and she's still hearing the phone ringing and she hangs up her cell phone realizing it's her. It's her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so as much as she has raced to get to him, she's realizing he's not going to answer that call. Yeah, he's she's too late. And she goes and she sees the front of him, but we don't. Right. And she just lets out this horrific scream. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, it's awful. But then she she does leave. At that point, she can call the police with the cell phone in her hand. Sure. Yep. I'm concerned that we don't know where Samara is at this point. Mm. So did 
Did she go back in the TV? Is she wandering around Seattle? Like her coming back in the TV, I feel like that would not be dainty. <laughs> you know, like, how do you, how do you? Right. Her climbing out was awkward enough, but her yeah. climbing back in would have been like, do you go feet first? Do you climb in <laughs> arms? Like, I'm not quite sure. And then once you get in, are you, are you jumping back in the well? I mean, right. What's your game plan? Interesting. And then we see Rachel walking down the stairs, like in shock. Mm -hmm. And as she's getting to the bottom, because she took the stairs all the way up and all the way down, she is seeing Noah's assistant slash girlfriend. Girlfriend, yeah. Uh, who's getting, waiting for the elevator to come up. This I had an issue with. Mm -hmm. She could have stopped her. Yeah. All she had to do was say, please don't go upstairs. I'm calling the police. Right. Something bad has happened. Right. I don't want you to see it. All she had to do. Instead, she tucks herself in a doorway. Yeah. And does nothing. Nothing. I'm like, you are sending this poor grad student up there to find who is her boyfriend right now. Right. But I didn't like the fact that she was sending her up there. No, I, that was shitty. Um, that was that was bad form. Yeah, because now, like, not only are you traumatized, this poor girl is about to be traumatized. And at least you know a little bit more about what's going on. Right. This girl's going to go up and find him like this. And is she going to be like Becca and institutionalized? I mean, what are Probably. you doing? Maybe they'll be roommates. Oh. And this is where she is having the her own ethical dilemma and kind of asking the universe or asking, you know, Samara, who's not there with her, what made me different and special? Yeah. Why didn't you take me instead of right. him? Right. Right. Um, Why was I spared? Right. Which is a great question that I asked like two pages ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, once the horse thing happened, it's like, you should not be. <laughs> um, this is where she realizes because she sees one of the versions of the tape that's still slid under her own couch. Right. Because here she has come home, she has burned one version mm -hmm. and she is asking the fire and she's begging like, why, why am I here right. and he's not? I passed my seven days. Right. And he died at the end of his seven days. We, why? What did I do that was different? Yes. And she pieces together the thing she did differently is she made a copy of the tape. Uh-huh. So she brings her son, Aiden, down to where she had made the copy of the tape. And holds his hand to show him yep. how to push to the buttons through the steps. to make a yep. copy himself. And they're both sitting next to each other watching the film. And Aiden brings up some great questions for his mom. Uh-huh. What happens to the other people who watch this movie now? Right. Because he's understanding he's going to live. Yeah. And the mother's reaction was, like, don't worry about it. You're, You're going to be, be okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, wait a second. Right. And then when the film ends, you realize, fuck, it was us. We right. watched we it. Watched it. <laughs> so we now have seven days. <laughs> so we may or may not be here next week, guys. <laughs> this is a great last episode. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's been real. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't love that that was the ending. I didn't love that, like, the reason she lived is because she copied a VHS. I agree with that. Come on. I wasn't thrilled with that. And I think that of all people, like the, the AV guy probably should have made another copy at some point. And right. It would have been fine. There's also a sequel. There's a sequel? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. The Ring 2. Are we going to have to watch The Ring 2? Probably. At some point. <laughs> oh, man. Um, or, and is anybody from the original in it? At least the creepy kid. Who is Lilo from Lilo and Stitch? No, I meant the other creepy kid. Oh, the son? Yeah, the son. 
why? I don't know. I looked him up because I was like, wow, this kid looks creepy. What else has he been in? Just the ring too. Um, and he's in the ring and the ring too. And a couple other things like here, there, whatever. But since 2017, he's been a practicing lawyer. Speaking of ethics. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Even though I felt like the ending was borderline a letdown. Um, overall, I thought this movie was phenomenal. Um, I think it was so well executed. I would love to read the book and kind of compare and contrast. But yeah, super scary, which I love. I love that I was like scared through the whole thing. Yeah, so we did our normal questions at the beginning. So uh, in order to not have nightmares, you yeah, let's let's talk about what we're going to watch tonight so that we don't have nightmares. Um, you had a really good one. Yeah, I, I suggest Lilo and Stitch because the girl who the actress who plays Samara in the ring plays Lilo or voices Lilo in the Lilo and Stitch films. Uh, so I like that connection and it makes her slightly less scary in the ring. If yeah. you picture her as Lilo. As Lilo. Um, I like that one a lot. The one that I had before you mentioned that was Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Because. I've not seen that one. Oh, because you're going into the screens of the video games and they can go in between each other's okay. screens. So I liked like the screen connection. Gotcha. Um, so that's probably that's probably what I'm going to watch when I get home. I'm going to stick with Lilo and Stitch because I think it's it's going to help me to not think of Samara the child as creepy ass Samara. And yeah. To maybe think of her as as this cute little cartoon who's saving, you know, aliens and living in Hawaii. I like that. Telling us all that Ohana means family and no one gets left behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like her a lot better than Samara. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one. That's fair. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week. Um I'm Kelly and when I'm not recording this podcast and watching scary movies with Laura. You can find me hosting the Had to Be There podcast where we are traveling the world one story at a time. Um, you can follow along at Had to Be There 203 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and I'm Laura. And uh, when I'm not watching horror movies and jumping out of my skin, you can find me usually in a bookstore. Uh, and lately driving around the state of Connecticut to check out other cool shops and locations. So if you have suggestions, I am open to them. The creepier, the better. I would go more with the bookstore kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also like the witchy hippie kind of stores. I've been checking out a couple of those. And if you'd like to email us, um, you can also reach us at poltergeistsandpixiedust at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media at Poltergeist and Pixie Dust on Facebook and Instagram or at PolterPixiePod on Twitter or check out our website, PoltergeistandPixieDust.com, where we have our calendar of upcoming episodes so you can watch the movies ahead of time um, so you know what we're talking about. Because we do lots of spoilers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is not a spoiler free podcast. No. We should put that out there. <laughs> Join us next time. Be kind. Rewind. Hey, 
Damn, you don't go to a basement. Anyway, basements are haunted. All of them. Right. Every last one. Especially ones after you watch a murder team. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with her? Yeah. I think you're you're mocking it. Rookie mistake. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it anyway. <laughs> Even though I don't think it's sincere, I will take it. Basements are haunted, all of them. 